perhaps design principles are the visual representation of company values. Like, how do you take those company values and translate that into how we approach design? Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Charlie. My name is Femke, and in this episode, we're going to talk about design principles. And before you listen to this episode, we do recommend if you go back to episode 150, we talked about working with a design system. And within that episode, we kind of started getting into a conversation about defining design principles as part of a design system. But we decided to save it for another episode as we kind of feel like it deserves its own stage to sort of talk about. And we've got a couple of questions as well that came through on Twitter about this topic. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get stuck into it, how are you feeling, Charlie? Are you feeling better? I know you haven't been that well lately. What's up? I'm not feeling all that much better, to be honest, which is super frustrating. I've had this like annoying cough, throat, nose thing for like a week and it just won't go away. Ah, But it's times like this where I'm so, so glad that I work from home because I can just like, I mean, today I got up at like, I don't know, five to nine, you know. Wow. Your body needs the rest, it sounds like. Well... The problem is that I'm not actually sleeping. And so I'm only getting about maybe like five hours sleep during the night, even though I'm in bed for a a much longer than that. So Mm -hmm. yes, very, very glad to be working at home. I don't think I'd be very, very happy right now at all if I had to be commuting into an office. So grateful for that and looking forward to the weekend where I can just like, you know, chillax a bit more and, and try and get better. Yeah, I want to start working from home regularly one day a week, like as part of my schedule. Yeah, there's a few people on my team who do it. They live in other cities, though, so it's like, you know, kind of a bit more understandable. For me, I just want a day where I can be at home for focus, for getting things done, for a bit more flexibility and freedom. You know, I can put a load of washing on at the same time or head out to the market at lunchtime to get my groceries and, you know, don't have to stress about doing all of that stuff in my weekend, which can get kind of stressful for me. So, yeah, trying to see if I can fit that into my weekly schedule just to give myself a bit more flexible balance, I guess. And how open is your manager to that? Uh, I have not raised it, but (laughs) I'm assuming pretty open. I mean, actually, as we record this, I am working from home today. So it's pretty flexible in our team. If you want to, you, you know, or or need to, you can work from home now and then. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm anticipating that it should be fine, but I will report back. (laughs) Good. Yes. Let us know. That'd be great. Yes. Shall we get into today's topic? Unless you have any more updates you want to share. On, on life in general? No, just that today I'm going to try doing a, uh, how do you call it? Like when you release your YouTube video live, oh, like you stream YouTube it? YouTube premiere. It? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yep. That's what it's called. I've seen you've been doing that a little bit lately, right? Yep. I've been doing it for almost every video lately. It's super fun. Basically the video like plays for the first time, almost as if it was a live stream, but you're not actually live, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you're just watching it together. Exactly. And there's like a chat, which is super fun. People join in and can comment along as the video is happening. Yeah, I I think it's really fun. Yeah, I'm going to give that a go today just to see, I don't know, how it goes, if it's any fun or or whatever. So yeah, I will see how that goes. But that's pretty much all I have to update on. Everything else is normal over here. Normal. Good. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so design principles. Now, we put out, a, well, you put out, I shouldn't take credit for it, a tweet about this asking for if anyone had any questions. And the answers really showed me that I think we all might have very different a definition of, of what design principles are. So I would like to hear how you would describe them. And then I can share how, how I would describe them. How's that sound? Yeah, interesting. So to me, design principles are not necessarily this global manifesto of principles that apply to every situation in life, but more there's something a bit more personal that as a team or as a company or whatever, you kind of define them for yourself. So whether you're defining them for a company, you know, you might have design principles as a, as a design team or as a company, or in my case, what I often participate on is defining design principles for a project or defining design principles for a certain charter of work. So while there are some really good books written about, you know, sort of these global design principles, and I do think they are really important and really relevant to consider, I more see design principles as something that's kind of more self-defined than a sort of global manifesto that applies to multiple situations. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to just read out my definition of them that I, I well, I'm saying I'm reading it out because I wrote it. You prepared this in advance? <laughs> well, uh, not for this podcast, I have to be honest, but I wrote a Basecamp post about it for my team when we were starting to figure out design principles at ConvertKit. Oh, interesting. So what I wrote is that design principles are the shared criteria for what good design means for our product and marketing materials. Think of them as a set of guiding ideas to help make design decisions help keep all of our visuals aligned and even to help decide what features are most important to focus on. And then I gave a couple of examples. So yeah, yes, pretty similar to what you were saying, but I'm definitely thinking of them more in terms of uh, the design team setting some principles overarching across the product and, and the marketing materials, less so per project for me. Yeah. But the responses to the tweets that we had, there were things like um, people asking, what's your favorite principle or what's the best way to learn them? Or what do you think about Dieter Ram's 10 design principles? Which was really interesting that, that most of the questions seem to be about saying that there's one set of correct principles is what I get from that anyway, that you have to choose from. Yeah, me too, which I was kind of surprised about. Uh, and as I said, like there are good global design principles out there. But yeah, in my experience, it's not this one sort of set of principles. It's more about you defining them for yourself or for your team. And like you said, Charlie, you know, using them as kind of a guiding light, I guess, right? Like it helps you to make decisions. They're good to come back to at any stage throughout the design process. Um, you obviously want to define them pretty early on if you're if you're starting something new because you want to have them as something that you can sort of lean on and rely on and, and use as your guiding light as you go throughout the design process that, you know, will help you hopefully make the right decisions. And I think where the, the design type, types of design principles that we are talking about differ from like the Dieter Rams 10 principles is those ones are things like just reading off a few, good design makes a product useful, good design is unobtrusive, it's innovative. Those, I feel, are pretty basic things. And they're basic for a reason, because of, you know, Dieter Ram's principles. But when you get into more company-specific ones, I have some examples, like one from Medium is direction over choice. So that's shown in the way that they design their um, 
you know, their, their pages to limit distractions. They make a good reading experience and they don't have unnecessary options in the text editor. So they're like giving you direction rather than giving you all of the options available. Mm, interesting. That's a good example. Uh, did you write any design principles then during the the time when you were creating the design system for ConvertKit? Was that something that came into that sort of piece of work? Much before, I think. So I first heard about design principles. I have to be honest about this. And this is, I think, probably why the tweets that we got weren't like talking about them in the same way we are. I, they're pretty new to me. I first heard about them at a Figma meetup I went to last year. And the, the speaker was, I hope I'm saying your name right, Ella Kolmatova. And she gave a really great talk about design principles. And the main thing she mentioned was that they're the thing that should come before a design system. You know, Figma's all about a design system. And so she was here to like bring in this idea of like, I guess design principles are the overlaying like layer on top of your design system. That guiding light, like we talked about before. Yeah. So I went to this talk kind of just before we were doing our rebrand at ConvertKit. And we thought that that would be a good time for us to just take a step back and think about what some design principles could be. So yeah, we went through an exercise with the team where I got everyone in the company to like submit their thoughts on what good design means for us at ConvertKit and put together some based on that. I don't know if that's the correct way to do it, but that's why we did it. Because yeah, just like with our design system, we already had design elements in place. So it was kind of like trying to define what we already had rather than come up with something new, which it sounds like is what you do at the start of a project. Yeah. So it sounds like for you, your design principles are, yeah, for, for the company, right? Like overall. Yeah, definitely. We have that as well. Uh, they were actually recently, well, so our head of design, Michael Gao, uh, recently wrote a book uh, kind of for the Uber design team, but it's also, I think, public. It's called 77 Things, and it's basically 77 design principles, essentially. So it's things that he's sort of learned throughout his career. It's these sort of big, bold statements, kind of similar to, to how Dita Rams sort of talks about it. And so that's kind of naturally grown to be our design principles for the for the team. So where you have like 77 design principles? Well, it's not sort of officially been called our design principles, but you know, because he is our head of design, we kind of look towards it as sort of our guiding light, I guess, so to speak. Cool. That makes sense. So we have that and then as I was sort of alluding to earlier, what I'm more familiar with in terms of design principles and what I participate more in is actually defining design principles per project. So I kind of do this pretty early on at the beginning of a project. I usually wait until we have a little bit of research and a little bit of understanding in terms of what we want to build so that I kind of have that in mind when creating these principles so that they are principles that are relevant and convenient, I guess, towards what we're building. And I have a couple, if, if you think it's interesting, I can share a couple. Yeah, I think it'd be great to have some examples. So I recently did a project about uh, the TLDR basically uh, is essentially 
collecting money from drivers that owe us money. So, you know, when you take a trip, some of that fee goes to Uber, right, as the commission, as part of the service fee. So we need a way to collect that money, essentially. And usually this is done digitally, but in cash-heavy markets, so places like Brazil and Mexico, where a lot of the trips are done in cash, then we have this problem of like, okay, well, how do we get that money? Because that money is now physically in the driver's pocket, right? We can't really digitally collect it. So anyway, that was the project. So I came up with three design principles. I'll read them out. So the first principle is educating drivers at the right moment. And I have a little paragraph for each. It reads, we need to ensure that education is done timely and effectively. Drivers should have very clear expectations around how this works and what the consequences will be if they don't pay it back to Uber. Then the second principle, transparency builds trust, which I like this principle actually. So it goes on to read, it's imperative that we're empathetic and we're understanding. So in order to do so, we need to equip our users with the best tools uh, so that they can continue driving on the platform. And then we talk a bit about how it's our responsibility to be clear and transparent uh, so that we sort of can build that trust. And then the last principle is empowering drivers. So Drivers need to be confident on how and when to pay, you know, what this means, the the amount that they owe back, the service fee, uh, and we should be able to provide them with convenient and informative payment options. So to summarize, those three principles were educating them at the right moment, transparency builds trust, and empowering our drivers. So like if you compare this to like the data RAM principles, which are very like about design, right? Design should be X, design should be Y. Yeah, this is more very specific to a particular problem statement or thing we're trying to solve and is not necessarily about design, but definitely is used to make those design decisions. Yeah, that's really interesting um, because it's quite different to like the example I shared from Medium, right? One of their design principles, the direction of a choice. And another example I have is Trello. One of theirs is visual and tactile. So like, you know, in in Trello, when you drag a card over into a new column and it does like a cute animation, you know, very visual, very tactile. They're like simple, short statements, whereas yours are more like almost sounding like they're getting into like a a brief in a way, which I I suppose makes sense because it's the thing that's guiding the project. Yeah, you could kind of think of it that way. And, you know, obviously these change per project and they're kind of just like really when we use them as, you know, if we have to make a hard decision about something, then, you know, we can look back on these principles and be like, well, you know, one of the things that we defined was really important was to, you know, be transparent and build trust. So, you know, if we do this, are we going to be fulfilling that design principle? Uh, So it's really useful in those situations too, when you're sort of at a crossroads or, you know, having to struggle with a difficult decision, being able to come back and sort of rely on these principles and make sure you're creating a product that honors them uh, is is pretty cool. Yeah, I love the sound of that. That's mm, that's something that I think I want to get into doing, design principles per project. It sounds like maybe, um, maybe things get more and more specific as you dig down, right? So like we talked about, we've got DRAMs, principles, very, very broad strokes. They're kind of the things that everyone agrees on in a way. Then design principles company-wide are more open to interpretation, I suppose, in, in the way that they guide. 
And then when you get per project level, it's very specific, at, you know, to do with the specific audience that you're serving for that project and uh, the goal, I suppose, of, of what you're trying to achieve with it. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think so too. And I definitely think like if if you're listening to this and, or, and you're in a, a workplace or, or a team or whatever that doesn't have any design principles, you know, you don't have them set for your company, your team, you've never used them for a project. I do think the best place to start is defining them for, for the company or for the team. So how you've done at ConvertKit, I think that's the best place to, to start and have that defined. And then if you feel the need or, or think there's value in doing so, you could try doing it at a project level. But I definitely would recommend making sure that you have sort of these established principles for the company first, rather than jumping into the per project based ones. Do you want me to share some advice that I have still written down in these um, Basecamp posts for how to actually create design principles for your company? Yes, that would be that would be great. I think one of the Twitter questions we had was around, you know, they wanted to know specific exercises or practices and how to kind of write them. Cool. Great. So... What uh, Ella taught at this meetup that I went to, and I think that she has some blog posts or, I don't know, online articles and things about this, so I'm going to try and find them and link them in the show notes, because she will obviously explain it much better than I can, but to give a brief overview, she said that design principles should be genuine and authentic, so you have to be able to point to examples of them existing. Oh, that's a good one. So, like, it's fine to be a little bit, like, aspirational, I suppose, but you know, you got to be realistic and make sure that they are true to you and that you are living them out. So they should have a point of view and not be redundant. So for example, saying that you, you want to make your thing easy to use is kind of redundant because no one wants a product to be difficult to use or like useless. <laughs> and a good way to test this, she said, is to ask, could the opposite principle work for another company? So another example here is TED, you know, TED Talks and stuff. One of their design principles is be timeless, not cutting edge. So when they design their website and things, they use very like familiar patterns to us for playing a video, for reading an article, that sort of thing. They're not trying to reinvent the design wheel and stuff with it. They want to be timeless, not cutting edge. But another company could be wanting to be cutting edge, you know, and be new and innovative, innovative, coming up with new ideas to arrange things. So yeah, that's a good like test is to ask, could the opposite of this principle work for a different company? Because that's how you know it's not redundant and that it is, you know, being a, a point of view for you and your company. They have to be actionable. They can't just be fluff. <laughs> so they have to actually help you make design decisions. And so it shouldn't just be like, yeah, words on a page for no reason. Um, she also said you should end up with no more than five. So that's why when you said 77, <laughs> 77 I was like, I know. whoa, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> No, totally. Yeah. Don't take that as a good example. <laughs> I think five is a better number to go for. And I'm not, I can't remember. I never wrote down why she said five, but I could imagine it's that like, you can't really remember more than five, you know, and for them to be useful, you should be thinking about them all the time. So yeah, five seems good. And then this one was interesting. She said that the intensity of the principles can be turned up and down throughout the user journey. So for example, the marketing site might be more bold and outspoken than the product is. It's still a design principle, but it's like really dialed up for the marketing site compared to the product. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Those are all the things that I learned from her. And yeah, it was really helpful to see the examples. 
And she said that the process for putting these in place is first of all, to start with the purpose of the company as a whole. So at ConvertKit, we already know this out. We exist to help creators earn a living. That is our like motto. I have it on a little plaque sitting on my desk that Nathan made for everyone. Um, so that was like our starting point. And then she recommended that you do an exercise where you get everyone to write down three to five criteria that you, of things that you think answer the question, what makes good design for X company? What does good design mean for us? And that it's good to get lots of people involved in this, not just designers even, because it's really interesting to see what people say when they're newer compared to when they've been at the company longer, um, you know, designers compared to non-designers. So yeah, it's a fun, like all team activity. And then basically you as the person who's like self-appointed to collate these, get all the answers in and look for shared themes in them to develop principles. And then of course you want to put them out and, and get the team's approval on them, I suppose, or like uh, buy-in. And she said also that you can be willing to adapt and change them as you need as well. So you don't need to worry about getting it wrong, quote unquote, you know? So when I did this, I did like a, a Google form and got everyone at ConvertKit who wanted to take part to um, give their, their answer. And it was really interesting to see where the themes came in. A lot of people talked about simplicity and consistency, about efficiency. And then pretty high up also was like this little sense of fun, which, which was interesting. That's nice. Also talking about being approachable and honest, which um, is also how we approach other things in the company, not just design as well. So it was cool to see it come through in there too. Yeah, a bunch of stuff that I then um, synthesized into five design principles, which um, to be honest, after this exercise, haven't really revisited or thought about much. So yeah. So time to uh, <laughs> revisit. Yeah, I think so. I think it's hard when, um, I don't know, we're a very small design team, you know, it's just me doing the marketing stuff, just Dylan doing the product stuff. So yeah, I feel like we kind of instinctively know these values and we don't actually reference them all that often, if that makes sense. I don't know. I think I think that we have room for improvement there because I think it would be valuable for us to revisit more often. But yeah, still, I think that these are things, just like I think we talked about in design system, that are more valuable the bigger the team gets for keeping everyone aligned and on the same page. Yes, Yes, definitely. As a team scales and, you know, most of the time as you're sort of working on things, you want to make sure that you're all working towards a common goal and designing within the same sort of system and things like that. And if you don't have those principles in place, then, you know, things might not be as aligned as you want them to be. So definitely if you're a scaling team, then having those principles basically established early on is going to help you in the long run be more consistent as a team. Yeah, totally. So it's a great value exercise to go through, I think, even if you think like like me on my small design team, you won't actually use them all that often. It was good to like take stock, you know? Yeah. And truly think about how to put into words what our brand is and what our design principles are. Yeah, it was a really good thing to go through. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I am sure that a lot of people are going to find that really valuable. And I'm actually going to keep that in mind as well for in the future, if I'm in a position where, you know, I need to create design values for, for a team or something like that. Um, I think what you've shared is really, really interesting. So thank you. I think I might, cause I think I mentioned in, in the design systems episode that I had started to set up for my personal site as well. 
I can't remember if I mentioned that, but I have. So, you know, colors, fonts, patterns, things like that. Um, I'm setting up a design system in Figma. I feel like it would be an interesting exercise to set up some design principles as well for my website and that maybe it could be a really good tool for all of us who struggle with getting, like maybe we're too hard on self-critiquing or getting personal projects done. Like maybe if we had design systems to refer to, it could be like a checklist, right? Where we're like, nope, it is it is doing these things. So it's probably ready to go. I should stop overworking it so much. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's an interesting way to look at it too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that exercise would work if it was just you doing it though. <laughs> mm, don't know. Yeah, maybe worth trying. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a go and um, report back. <laughs> yeah, please do. That would be interesting to hear. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think this was a really interesting and detailed sort of design topic that we don't often get that sort of nitty gritty into but I think it's always good to talk about this kind of stuff and it's also kind of got me thinking a little bit about the difference between design principles and values as well which I might save for another time Um, but yeah that's just something that I've sort of been thinking about as I've been hearing you talk is sort of you know what's the difference between those two when does one come into play and the other but yeah, something to think about for later, I think. I have I have a thought on that. Can I just add in quickly before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. I feel like design principles are something designers can control and company values are not up to the designer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's probably something that you're just going to have to accept comes from up above. Maybe the company is a great one and lets the team have input, um, you know, from all teams, not just the design team on what those company values should be. But I think that perhaps design principles are the visual representation of company values, if that makes sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, how do you take those company values and translate that into how we approach design? Because mm-hmm. I can definitely see that in, in in ConvertKit, we have one of our company values is teach everything we know. And one of our design principles that we got to from this exercise was being inspirational and supportive. So providing tools for creators to help them learn encouraging them in the right direction oh that's a nice link yeah yeah exactly that that sort of thing i'm just trying to think if there was there was more that that fit with that brings focus for creators is another one of our design principles and create every day is one of our company values and also obviously like i said before we exist to help creators earn a living yeah so yeah that kind of relates yeah there's definitely overlap between the two uh yeah and yeah brings together some harmony i think if you listening have any thoughts on design principles, like, I don't know, maybe you disagree with Femini. Maybe you do think that design principles should be like the Dideram's. They're like a global thing that all designers like adhere to or agree on or whatever. Or maybe there's a different definition that we haven't even discussed in this episode. We would love to hear about it. So if you want to tweet your thoughts to us, we're at Design Life FM. We'd love to hear what you think about design principles. Do you use them in your day-to-day work? Does your company have them? Yeah, be interesting to hear about. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more and, you know, especially episode 150, where we talk about design systems, you can go to designlife.fm or you can search for Design Life in your favorite podcasting app that includes Spotify. (laughs) I wonder how long we're going to keep saying that. We're just like so (laughs) proud of ourselves that we finally figured out how to get on Spotify. It took effort. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of people asking for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you, depending on whatever podcasting app you use, if you went over to Apple Podcast and left us a review there, that would really help us out. That's kind of like 
you know, the be all and end all of podcast reviewing. And it really helps us when you leave us a positive review. So we would appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.